This is Post Credit Brews. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. I'm John. And on today's episode, we are going to be reviewing Soul, which uh, most of you, I'm sure, know premiered on Disney Plus on Christmas Day in 2020. I know there, there were a couple of big movies that started streaming around the holidays that I'm sure people caught up on, hopefully are caught up on and can kind of, you know, join us in this discussion just to see some of our thoughts on it. I know John did sort of add this to the Pixar uh, ranking that he did last year, that article. So uh, we're going to get into that a little later. We're going to review the movie, kind of talk about some things around it, some upcoming Pixar movies coming out. But uh, how's everyone feeling? I'm feeling good. Uh, mm-hmm. Eagles has hired a new coach today, so I'm always some new exciting things in with Philly sports. Yeah, baby. Yeah, drama yeah. going on there. It was a big deal. Yeah, we'll I was see. Getting, I was getting tired of hearing every like prospective coach that they were going to hire as like it's looking good. It's looking like they might hire him. They're pleased with the interview. Yeah, did you? Like I, I kept hearing that. <laughs> I was watching the inauguration yesterday, and I was laughing because on Twitter, as Mike Pence was like leaving the, leaving the White House and going or leaving the Capitol and going down the steps to his limo, mm-hmm. people were saying, like, he's on his way to get interviewed by the Eagles. He's got, he's got to get his <laughs> Eagles interview in. Because they, yeah. they interviewed, like, 20 people for this job. Need a lot of In such a short amount of time. I feel like they just fired Doug yesterday. Like, well, I don't think they were expecting to feed you on a coach search this mm-hmm. uh, offseason. Yeah, yeah. A lot of drama going on with, with that. Uh, I've never know. heard of this person. Yeah. This Sirianni. I've never heard of him. Mm-hmm. Now he's the he's I, I, and I didn't hear his name in uh like contention. No, yeah, yeah. he kind of kind of just showed up. What I was reading was that uh because Lori is in Florida in his mm-hmm. beach house and that's where he's doing his interviews. And this guy was at in like Miami with his family. And he has like mm-hmm. drove over to like Palm Beach wherever it was and interview on Tuesday and then he went back on Wednesday and you know that's mm-hmm. where we here's where we are today. And, uh, he was the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts with uh, mm-hmm. Frank Reich who. Was the offensive coordinator who he won the Super Bowl with? So, yeah, that's where Carson Wentz's best year was. So, hopefully, that that connection is is gonna help things yeah. out. But there's a lot Do of drama f- going on with Wentz and all these articles saying that he's not a good teammate and all this stuff. And yeah, I, I don't know what to believe. It mm-hmm. honestly just if, if he's as bad as these articles are saying, he might, he might have to just move on. But I don't know. We're, we're reviewing movies today, and that's a discussion yeah. for a different day. <laughs> I will say, I mean, we can keep this discussion going yeah. a little right. longer too. Cause yeah. I know one thing I, I heard was um, at least with the Eagles that Lori wanted Wentz and Peterson wanted Hertz. And I feel like that was a big like discussion point and they were like, we can't work with this. Yeah. A lot of the reports were saying that the relationship between Peterson and Wentz was like severed beyond repair. Mm-hmm. And like, there's times when Wentz would go up to the line of scrimmage and he would, uh, he would kill the plays that were that were called just out of spite of Doug Peterson. That was one of the reports. Oh yeah, I didn't hear that. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I saw uh, something that Carson got like a very inflated ego when he got like the contract, which I guess a lot of players would get like that too. But they mm-hmm. said once he kind of had that security, he kind of, I guess, yeah. became more of a diva. Yeah. Or what say you? Yeah, and, and history shows that once players get massive contracts or extensions, that year they just kind of just fall off a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if it's just them like relaxing because they worked over hard to get it, or they're overthinking it because now they have an expectation to live up to. Yeah, but I mean, look at Ryan Howard; he got that big contract, and then he he had a couple of bad years. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Wentz was Wentz was good, and he had nothing to work with since he got here. 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you give up on him after after one season. Yeah. I'm not ready to throw it in. Yeah. I feel like he's going to stick around, though. Oh, I mean, the, the money is just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. And I think that they hired this coach just for Wentz. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they're married to him, I guess. Let's see where they go. It never a dull moment in Philly sports. No. But uh, I don't know. I, I guess this movie's kind of got a little – some Philly roots. Questlove was in it. Yeah. That's pretty Faye. cool, too. No, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it was cool. I I did I realized the other day that the the first lady is now the first lady is from the area. She's from yeah, went to upper mm-hmm. one high school. I didn't know that. Seen a lot of stuff about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. pretty cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's nice. and I think I'm hearing like Biden's like a big Philly sports fan because mm-hmm. I guess Delaware doesn't have. I've seen pictures fan. of him with like Philly, like Charlie Emanuel. I've seen a picture of the two of them, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm still a little upset that we, uh, because I put a request in for Post Quarter Brews to have a segment in that little inaugural concert after the inauguration last night, and we got denied. Yeah, we had a little pan- we were gonna have a panel going and everything. Would have been cool. Yeah, we had everything ready. I think we were gonna review. Um, it was just we do had, like a retrospective of Corey in the house, right? Yeah, we had Zazie Beats lined yeah. up to talk with us and everything. <laughs> yeah. You were supposed to introduce Tim McGraw, right? <laughs> <laughs> but i yeah i guess uh you know we we got a pretty good episode lined up for today talking about soul and oh yeah it's always a good time when we talk about pixar i was gonna say i I feel like i like the momentum we have going so far there's been a lot of content that's come out recently that we've been able to work with right and like we said like before we had a couple months of just trying to really Mm -hmm. figure out what we're gonna do and try to keep it going yeah it was looking kind of bleak for a little bit but and I always say January, February are usually like drought months for content. Yeah, and it's been been fruitful for us so far. Yeah, it's been, been nice and relaxing. Absolutely. And I didn't even know like when John, when you texted us in our group text about the Kong versus Godzilla versus Kong, I didn't even know that was coming out until you texted that that it was coming out at the end of March. Excellent. Was that you that sent that, Dave? Or I can't remember. What about they Godzilla? moved it up. They moved it up I, a couple days. Oh, that was yeah. You sent that. I Somebody, sent, oh, yeah. maybe I did. Mm-hmm. I sent the they moved unfor- it up like two months. Yeah, yeah. I sent the unfortunate news that Black Widow's getting delayed again. <laughs> <laughs> we may just never see that movie. I tweeted out a picture <laughs> of uh, the old uh, Captain America, and I said, "I yeah." Caption uh, me when I finally see the premiere of Black Widow in theaters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it's got to be Disney Plus at this point. I, yeah. It will be the this will be the fourth delay, I think. Mm-hmm. Third, yeah, fourth date that it's had. Yeah, it's crazy to think. Maybe so when that movie was originally supposed to come out, I think that was when I got my appendix out. It was like that exact day was the release date that it was supposed to come out. So maybe that was some bad luck. A small price to pay for salvation. I don't know. I forgot about that. <laughs> What'd you binge in the in the hospital? Didn't you binge like Oz or something like that? No, no, I, I binged Oz many years ago. <laughs> and it's not a. I wouldn't recommend it as a worthwhile binge. But uh, I forgot. I just yeah. I just you know. I think I watched Endgame, Inception, a few different things. I, I remember you te- you texted me in the hospital. Like you were watching something. I forget what it was. I oh, know it was Spider Man. Yeah. It was the Holy Holy Trilogy. I think. Oh, uh, yeah. One of the Spider-Mans was on. Yeah. Justice League was on, too. Yeah. I remember Justice League was on right when I 
came back in from surgery. So was, that wasn't too pleasant. <laughs> speaking of Justice League, and I mean, we always talk about DC products, but I was flicking through the TV channels and they were playing the Justice League on Cartoon Network. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny. Oh, wait, the, the movie? or Yeah, the, the movie. Oh, wow. Jeez. Because <laughs> the cartoon <laughs> show is good. So the, the Schneider Cut's got like, you really need to uh, step it up for me. <laughs> the first one's playing on Cartoon Network. Yeah. And I, I heard somebody was saying it's going to be released as like a four-hour movie. I heard it's not going to be in parts now. Did anyone hear anything different about that? I didn't hear anything about that. I think I saw a report where Zack Snyder said it's not a four-hour miniseries, it's a four-hour movie. But I okay. haven't heard... I, I I think the release is probably still so going to be... Still I think be especially... Chunks. I think especially with all the Marvel content, and especially that's practically weekly, mm-hmm. HBO Max is probably going to want something. I think it's in their best interest to release it weekly. Weekly. Especially if it's like, yeah. it's like an hour chunk. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think I could sit and watch four hours of... of I mean, if the Justice <laughs> League good. movie we got was any indication, I can't sit there for four straight hours and watch that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But even when I think about it, it's like, I feel like all the changes and edits that happened with it was like the, like the final battle of the movie. Like, I feel like there were little things here and there throughout it, but, like, that was the main parts yeah. of the movie where I was like, this is, like, a cut-and-paste type deal. I don't think the movie's, like, super, super disjointed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, towards the end, it kind of... I mean, well, the, the beginning of it's bad. It's horrible. Oh, yeah. CGI face. That yeah. was definitely something that was done later because he had mm-hmm. a mustache for Mission Impossible fall... And, Mission right. Impossible Fallout or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he a... had the mustache for that, so that was definitely a mm-hmm. a scene later on that they did. But yeah, I agree. It's the ends kind of where it gets disjointed, and I think that's where we'll probably see the most uh, mm-hmm. additions in the Snyder Cut. Did you hear the, the news that the uh, I think it's like Batman the animated series might begin a sequel on HBO Max? Holy moly! I saw someone talking about that. Yeah, there's like a rumor going around that they're gonna like redo it or do more with or, it or continue but yeah just cool i mean that's a yeah. good show too <laughs> yeah is that on hbo max now like the other... it it just came on there yeah oh, recently cool. yeah a lot of good stuff we're excited to uh review the snyder cut later this year obviously yeah just um, one of the couple things we have already planned down the line we actually have like itinerary so mm-hmm. yeah it's a good stuff to be looking forward to and keep yeah. up with our blog because i think we're going to be start using that a lot more especially mm-hmm. in these while we're still doing the Zoom things, just yeah. to provide more content. And you, can, and you can check that out at postcreditbrews.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. It's worth the reads. It really is. Yeah, there's some good stuff. There's some on good there. stuff on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. international audience, some readers from the United Arab Emirates. Oh, really? Malaysia, some readers. Yeah, there's people oh, really? read it. Uh, yeah, no, I, not a lot, but some international fans. As we do with this podcast, too. Good, good. Yeah, we have a we have a a strong fan base in Ireland, of all places. I've re- mm-hmm. noticed just from looking at. I the don't think the blog. I think the blog has yet to reach out to Ireland, but mm-hmm. oh, we gotta get we gotta get out to the motherland. Yeah, yeah. I think if we get to two hundred fifty followers on Instagram, I think we have to do an episode just about Angela's ashes. You something is wrong with you well why don't, why don't we take a field trip to ireland and do a episode down in the motherland yeah the uh 
the Mark Rylance fan account follow us back? <laughs> Sadly, no. <laughs> I did that see people that don't follow people that don't follow us though like the posts. Yeah, like not a lot. Mm-hmm. Some of them do. Yeah, it's all about the hashtags. Some of the stuff we post, you know. Yeah, we got some good stuff on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The works, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just trying to spice things up a little bit. And, yeah. speaking of, and speaking of spice things up, mm-hmm. it is post credit brews, and we do have a beer to review while we're also reviewing the movie Soul. So, Matt, what is on tap tonight? So tonight we have a craft hard seltzer. Ooh. It is pineapple and ginger from Two Robbers, located in Philadelphia. Cool. We're, it started in Philadelphia, and I know they've expanded since then. But still, it's got its local roots here. You know, that's cool. Yeah, it's so always it looks, seen like the original, the Philly-based stuff is always nice to looks cool. Yeah, I love the artwork on it too. Yeah, it's really cool, and we'll get into that a little bit later when we actually review the mm-hmm. beer. Yeah, I think it's probably the most uh, linked one that could be linked up the easiest with Soul, similar mm-hmm. color scheme. So. Yeah, yeah, it's even blue. Yeah, that was a good good call on, on grabbing that one. And like mm-hmm. I said, this is number two from our Make Your Own Six Pack mm-hmm. 2021 adventure that we did. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to you don't have to be upset, everybody. We have it. It is another can. You're goddamn right. That's true. And without further ado, gentlemen, the post credit beer crack, sacred ceremony. All right, guys. Cheers. Pick up while it's cold, ladies. All right, guys. So the latest Pixar movie, Soul, it was definitely highly anticipated mm-hmm. from when it was announced. I think a couple of years ago, it was. That one 2020 project project that was unnamed, and then we finally found that it was Soul. Mm-hmm. It initial thought for me is it really is one of its more serious tunes, and I think that's what makes it one of its best ones that they've made so far. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. very impressed by this film on a lot of levels, and I think there's definitely a lot to a lot of depth to it that we can discuss on a lot of surfaces. So mm-hmm. I was thinking, what do, what do you guys think about this movie? Yeah, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I was um, I was looking forward to this a lot more than I was looking forward to Onward. And I liked Onward. I didn't have any issues with that movie. But I think this was the movie where uh, I think there was a lot of stuff working in its favor that I liked. I thought the concept was cool. It was from Pete Docter, who, you know, we've talked about it in the past on this show, but I, I think he's the best director Pixar has working there now. But yeah, no, I, I thought everything worked really well together. It was a smart story. I thought the writing was good. The animation was really cool. Like some of the things I felt like I was watching a live action movie, just right. some of the stuff was animated in this. Especially and, um, like the city scenes were really cool. Yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah, it just looked like you were, it looked real. That's one thing I noticed about this one. It was one of the first Pixar movies that really embraced human beings and a human world. And because mm-hmm. usually you just see like these fantasy places and stuff like that. You know, I know you have like Toy Story and you have well, well this and, and Up and mm-hmm. The Incredibles are like humans and human worlds and stuff like that. But a lot of their stuff is fantasy lands and yeah, they have fun with the way they make creatures and mm-hmm. like they actually like put all their effort into the human beings in this one, which I think was really cool. And the music. I thought this was the best. I think this might've been one of my favorite Pixar scores. Oh yeah. In a movie. 
Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I thought they did a good job. John, what'd you think of the movie? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, honestly, I think it kind of took me till a second viewing to really like appreciate mm-hmm. everything about it. Just because I think I did have such high expectations for it, and I didn't really know mm-hmm. after the first viewing if it had met them. But um, yeah, I definitely think it's. I think it's a good point you made, Dave. Like, I think this is the Pixar movie that celebrates like the human experience. Like, not to say that they don't do that with their other movies. Like, I think you get hints of that, like even in like Toy Story four and some of their other ones. But um, I think this one, especially, definitely some of their best animation, some of their best music, um, voice work is all really great. And it's just very like deep. Like a lot of people say it kind of feels like their their most adult film, and it is. Um, it's definitely still something kids can watch, but um, I think there's a lot more that adults will appreciate. And then, you know, I think as more kids get older and watch it, they'll be able to pick on, on a lot more of it. Yeah, and that's why I really appreciate Pixar the most is because of recently, they really have been tackling like real real life issues and real adult situations that can apply to – that kids can, yeah. can really – take in and understand mm-hmm. what's going on like with yeah. this with this and before we go any further i'm going to mention it right now this is a, a spoiler heavy review we're going to be mm-hmm. talking about certain things and stuff like that about the movie so if you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled uh this is the point where you should stop listening right now mm-hmm. and i and go back to what i was saying i think the topic of this just life and death and dying that's i really mm-hmm. when i when i heard that this is what they were going to do. I really was not sure how they were going to pull it off. And I didn't have any doubts when, you know, you see inside out and that's one of my favorites that they've done, mm-hmm. but this is just something. So like, there's even like adult movies that, that are not Pixar that take on this topic and it's, and it's still just very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tough for them to stick that landing. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think um, there's a lot. I, I think this is, this is a movie that's, adults are going to get a little more out of it than kids are. And I feel like that's something that Pixar is doing more is like more of those like adult themes in their movies with what you were saying, John, like obviously kids can get something out of it, but I think there's something that adults are kind of taking away from it more, which we're seeing with more of their movies. But yeah, but I, I agree with you though, John, and saying like, I feel like on, on that first viewing, there was so much to take in and it was trying to like keep up with it and understand like what's going on in this world and then once everything kind of pieces together in the end and you watch it a second time, I felt like it was easier to follow and I got more out of it. Yeah. And I think almost kind of like when you go into a Pixar movie, you kind of have like a, and we'll, we'll get into this more, but you almost kind of have like a checklist of things you expect the movie to do. And like, there's definitely, especially the directions the movie takes. I think there's things you kind of expect to happen that don't. And at first you're kind of wondering when you first see it, like, should it have done that? But, uh, you know, I think Pixar, I think it was stronger that, you know, they decided not to, to mm-hmm. make some of those choices. And it's worth noting with this movie, too, that it's the first Pixar movie to have an African-American role. I don't know why it took so long for that to happen, mm-hmm. but it's definitely worth noting. It's, uh, I guess, groundbreaking in that regard. That's like the lead in it. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I feel like it's overdue, right? Yeah, it shouldn't matter or anything but Mm -hmm. i understand why it's appreciated yeah and i don't think that took away from anything in the movie no it was like it flowed all like naturally and it wasn't on my mind until like you know you when like the media keeps like pushing that in your face Mm -hmm. yeah like it it didn't it it didn't factor into me watching it or not 
I definitely think Pixar like embraced it, but I don't think it was like the the be all end all of the movie. No, For sure, yeah, no. And this yeah. got a really really cool st- star studded cast too. I mean, Jamie Foxx obviously stars this alongside Tina Fey, who mm-hmm. I thought they both worked very well together in this. Yeah, and I think yeah. they played off each other very well. Mm-hmm. You got a uh, Claire Huxtable, Felicia resides in it. Quest Love, mm-hmm. Angela Bassett. Yeah. That V digs. I mean, the list goes on. Graham Norton. Like, I'm sorry if I don't say everybody's names, but it's a wide variety of cast on here. And I think they all did a very good job, you know, playing off each other. Mm. I will say I'm a bit mad you didn't give June Squibb a shout out. You disrespectful son of a bitch. Was that her in it? I swore it when I heard. I thought that was her. Mm -hmm. She's She's the old lady. When he like first is on that like belt, she's the one that yeah. Well, it's probably insulting because she's not coming up on like the first page of the cast on here. Yeah, she was in it. Yeah. Oh, good old June Squibb. But I'm trying to think. I mean, can you kind of give us the basic gist of this movie, John? Like a little synopsis, kind of what happens in it? Yeah, well, it follows Joe Gardner, who's a middle school band teacher. Not really the job that he wants, but, you know, it's something that'll give him a bit of stability. Then he gets the opportunity to be able to play with this very prominent female jazz musician from the city. Um, I can't remember her name, but I know it's Angela Bassett's character. Um, Mm -hmm. A former student reaches out to him and his audition goes well enough that he gets the gig. But, you know, he kind of clean up before the performance and it's in his getting ready to do that, that he falls down that manhole, which takes him kind of, you know, into... You know, the afterlife, which kind of eventually from there he ends up in what's called the great beyond, which is basically where souls initiate before they kind of, it's where they develop their personalities and all their traits. A soul for a soul. Um, and he gets paired up with being a mentor to 22, which is mm-hmm. Tina Fey's character, which is kind of the soul that's been there forever. You, you find out in the movie, you know, when they're at the orientation that all these souls have numbers and it's you know, it goes up to like the billion. So obviously 22 has been there a long time. She can't really find out why she, you know, the whole purpose is they want these souls to be able to go to earth. They have to complete this badge they have. And she's never been able to complete her. She's never been able to find her, uh, what the movie calls it, their spark. So, you know, Joe as the soul has to be her mentor and help her find the spark. But obviously it proves a challenge as, you know, 22 doesn't even want to go to earth. So that's kind of like the brief like synopsis. Yeah. The movie takes some twists and turns mm-hmm. um, that, you know, kind of develop out the rest of the story. Yeah. And I think the the biggest twist in this and like it, it again, kind of similar with like Inside Out where like there was no mention in the marketing of like Bing Bong at all. Like I felt like with this, there was no mention of like the, the body switch, like him becoming a cat and then 22 becoming, you know, in Joe's body. I wasn't um, expecting that at all. No, yeah, and I, I thought it worked. Like I, I, I thought it was interesting for twenty two to kind of experience life through his perspective. And know? I think just from being like, a, a, just for a kid watching it too, I think that's probably where, because the movie started out serious and it had like that very super serious, like you're dead mm-hmm. and this is that and that. So I think this kind of brought the the more the comedy side to it. Mm-hmm. You kind of you kind of saw like what Pixar is like really known for with, you know, the, the adventure side of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the comedy of all things. So mm-hmm. it, it was, I think it definitely worked for a lot of reasons. 
Yeah, I liked it. And even the, the, the stuff with the badge and stuff like them having to get like each like thing, you know, that they excelled in or that they liked their passion, things like that. Yeah, I thought it was all creative. I thought it was it was interesting. And again, like once I did that second viewing, like stuff made sense and I kind of understood it a little better. Yeah, like the movie kind of sets up a lot of like not rules, but it kind of lays out kind of everything for you. And it like, it moves really quick. Like the movie, and I, I liked it for this. Like I don't think the movie wastes any time. Like, you know, you're you're in this great beyond with Joe, probably yeah. within the movie. I mean, you don't even get the title card, I think, until he's in that world. No, and yeah. It's pro- I mean, within the first, like, 10, 12 minutes, I think, mm-hmm. you he, he's at least already gone down that manhole. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that's a good point, though, with everything, with, like, the a lot of the rules and, like, the great beyond. It was, like, it was tough to follow at first. And then, like right. I was saying, when I watched it again, I was, like, it made sense. I understood it. Yeah, and you get a lot of really good scenes when they go to Earth. I think the barbershop scenes, one of the mm. movie's best. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, trying to think. Scene I mean, with yeah, his obviously, mom. there's a lot of. Yeah, that's when a very good Taylor one shop. Too. Yeah, yeah, and it it was pretty much again kind of like him. I felt like it was a lot of the stuff that was well, just the scene at the barbershop. You know, just uh, I've heard a lot of people like cite that as like their favorite scene in the movie. And I thought it was, I thought it was a good scene, just sort of, you know, it's very like existential, you know, <laughs> just like the stuff she was talking so, about in that. The movie's definitely like a very like slice, like obviously it hits on a lot of deep things, but it's also very much like a slice of like life movie too. Like you kind of feel like you're just following them throughout this day. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't have as much of the, like the structure as, you know, onwards very much, you know, they get their dad back for 24 hours. They got to mm-hmm. go find this chat like it's very like structured i think pixar is very like story based you know coco's similar inside Mm -hmm. out whereas this one you know it is like they want to complete her badge they want to get joe back into his own body and but it it, i don't i don't know i don't think the movie scene a doesn't need to take you to scene b and vice versa like the barbershop Mm -hmm. doesn't really move much in the plot along but it moves a lot along with the characters and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of really strong dialogue great animation there so that's what makes yeah. it such an impactful scene. Mm-hmm. And I, I always say with Pixar movies that the animation is the the key takeaway for me. I I, I mentioned it in the opening, the the city shots and the and the, like the barbershop, for example, like all that was just spectacular to me. One of the best mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Yeah. I was not a fan of the the stencil, like sketched like souls, like the soul counter in the beginning. Mm-hmm. the counselors in the great beyond I, I i was not a fan of that i thought that was a little stale mm. i think just for what pixar has done i think they could have done something a little bit more creative with it but that's just my opinion mm-hmm. i th- see you know, I, I think it was almost like a stylistic choice i felt like they were kind of like trying to blend some of like the hand-drawn stuff with like um just the computer animation um I could see how it turns some people off, but I, I, I liked it, actually. I thought it was pretty cool. Maybe I was going to like it. With it. Maybe I would have liked it, but I, it just seemed like it was just very basic. Mm-hmm. I, I think when you look at something like Inside Out, I think, you know, I can see why people would draw that criticism because Inside Out has so much, like, creativity, color, this and that, whereas, like, I don't think The Great Beyond is super, like, defined, I guess you could call it. I don't know. I like the way those characters were designed, but... Mm-hmm. I guess it like in a way I can see why they would make that choice because I guess the souls still aren't really like developed. Yeah. So why yeah. would they? 
they haven't seen all these experiences, but I can see why you would have wanted something a little more creative. I, can I really like the abstract landscape that they had, with like the you know the the purple and the the teal and the blue and all those colors coming together. Colors look like cool. that was cool, but I just think just that the the stencil looking like figures. I just was not I, it was kind of a turnoff for me. I just didn't like the way that that was. Mm-hmm. It's just a yeah. personal opinion. I thought it looked really cool when the one character was her name was like Terry or something when she went to New York. I thought the way they like stylized that and animated that was cool. Yeah. Um, again, one just looked like yeah, she was like genuinely in like actual New York, so it was was cool to see. Yeah, the hustle bustle like they made that look very very realistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Matt, you brought it up earlier. the The music in this was just outstanding didn't you say you were reading that it wasn't supposed to be about a jazz musician it was supposed to be about an actor yeah so they pete doctor worked with this it it was someone from broadway where they he worked with like a playwright or something from broadway and powers ken power okay Cool. I'm Ken, glad you got the yeah, name, John. Powers. Yeah. Yeah. And he, so he worked with him, and yeah, I think he just kind of came in just to help him with the script, just because I think he was having some trouble. And I think the original idea was to make Joe an actor, and then you know some of like the rewrites and things that he did, like I think Ken recommended, no, he should be a musician. Um, and I, I, I can't see this movie being any other than jazz. I think jazz music and just music in general works so well with the concept of a soul. And the way that they used it and the, the music, the, the style that they used, it, I think it was a perfect pairing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was cool. And I think um, – and I know they worked with a, a jazz artist, John Batiste. John, John Batiste, yeah. John Batiste. And, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the, the jazz worked really well in this movie as well as with the Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross score. And mostly – and correct me if I'm wrong, John, but I know John Batiste, he did most of the stuff in the real world, right? like all the music for that. Yeah. Like he came up with all the jazz compositions. So I think everything that Joe played in those scenes was, was mm -hmm. you know, he came up with that. Cool. Okay. And then Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross did a lot of the stuff in the great beyond. Yeah. Cool. Now you, you the two of you have extensive background in, in the music arts. I retired at percussion in the fourth grade. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So after seeing the music in this, like, is this something like it's uh, very well done? Do you could you see yourselves, you guys, playing that type of music at all now? Slap it to bass. Yeah, I I hung no. up music many <laughs> many years ago, and yeah. but I, I, don't know. I mean, John, too. you're you're still kind of fresh off music a little bit. Yeah, I still like to play when I can. There's some bands um I want to join that I know are kind of you know seasonal and stuff. I think COVID's kind of thrown a wrench in that, yeah. but mm-hmm. um. Yeah, so I mean, like, I kind of liked it. The main student he had played trombone because that's yeah. That was and again, cool. I, it it's funny looking at this movie because again, that's just another scene where, like, when you look at like the barber shop, the tailor's shop, and then the scene where Twenty Two is on the the stairwell with the student. You know, it was just interesting to kind of see a lot of that stuff and and sort of her experience that through his eyes. Oh, I'm trying to think of what I, else, but. I will. I will say the one. The one piece of music that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did. I think it's called like Epiphany, mm-hmm. and it's the music Joe plays when he tries to get back into the real world. You know, he obviously 
22 fills her badge, but they kind of don't really know why. And 22 is, yeah. you know, obviously very upset that she got pulled out of the real world. So it's kind of the music. It's it's the piece that Joe plays to get back into the mm-hmm. soul world. He lays everything out on the piano. That's a really like strong piece. Yeah. I, I think that I, I, I could be wrong. It could have been both John Batiste and the two of them, but I think it might have just been Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross. But mm-hmm. um, I think definitely when you hear pieces from that score it's probably going to be that part um that's maybe the most like moving part of the movie i think yeah yeah and i like that scene how like i I like how like small it starts out and then like you see them like expand like you see him playing the piano in his apartment and then it stretches to like you see you know a, a wider shot of him playing and then you see a whole shot of like new york and then you just see the universe and it was just yeah i think the the music that worked with that scene worked really well and that's like the Pixar, I don't know, it always seems like Pixar has that moment. And I talk a little bit about this in the, the List article. You always have that kind of like emotional like moment. And there's definitely a moment, and I'll get into this right after I mention this, but I definitely think there's a part where they could have chosen to do that in the end, but they don't. But I think mm-hmm. as far as the way the movie they gave us, I think this is the most emotional point of the movie. Yeah. And I guess to sort of get to that too, John, because I agree, right. I think that was my favorite part of the movie when he's playing that, that epiphany song. Um, and then he eventually goes into the zone to get back into that world. But I, I think, you know, obviously in the end, you know, and again, we, we talked about how we're going to go into spoilers here, but he eventually gets back into the great beyond. And then 22 does eventually go to earth, which leaves him in the great beyond. And then they make a choice where they, they let him go back to earth and live his life. Right. He's kind of found new meaning in life, wanting to appreciate the small things. So do we like that ending? I know you said you, you liked it, John. Was there anything more you wanted to see from that, Dave? Not really. I, I, I think they, they, did, they did it pretty well, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. I do know there was apparently versions where he was going to die. Like they, yeah. He wasn't going to take that chance, which I don't know. I, I think I could have understood the movie taking that mm-hmm. path, too. Yeah, I mean, I think this movie is like risky enough with a lot of the stuff they're doing. I feel like if they ended it like that, I feel like that would have divided a lot of people. I could see that. Uh, yeah. I thought you were going to say it's so it takes a lot of risk that you could have seen it taking that risk, but I, I don't. I think it could have worked either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Yeah. The other thing I, w- I was going to mention, where you go? No, I, I said I wouldn't have mind either way seeing. It. I think it ended really well, but yeah, um, I think so too. Yeah. That's the ending I think I would have preferred. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're still talking about this, I will say, so obviously they both end up back on Earth. Um, do you think we needed a scene of Joe, you know, later in life or as a teacher where he realizes 22? Like, do you think we needed a scene of 22 on Earth reconnecting with Joe or some kind of nod to the two of them crossing paths? I think I would prefer... A little more context as to why he felt lost in the beginning before he died you know it kind of just opens up with him just like miserable and like midlife i you know, just wanted to wonder like what led him to i mean obviously he didn't feel fulfilled but like did something happen did a couple things happen yeah and i think they, they, hinted, they hinted a couple things I, I maybe a flashback or two would have been nice yeah and i feel like that's the big thing with with this movie is i feel like they're trying to like they're not trying to beat you over the head with a lot of that stuff, but they're like, they want you to read between the lines. So a lot make, of the stuff, with, make your own, make your own assertion. 
Yeah, or even like they don't give you the whole story, but you can tell it looks like he had a really good relationship with his dad just from like some of the flashbacks. And then you could also see just the conversation he was having with his mom in the tailor shop. So like small things like that. And then there was he also had some girl that they had mentioned a couple times, like a girl that he was interested in. You know, I forget what her name. You you know what I'm talking about, John? I forget the name, but I know there's one twenty twos in his body. She has twenty two, like who's so-and-so and like yeah. that's the only mention of it but mm-hmm. yeah but i i could see what you're saying though dave i, th- I think they're you know it, instead of just sort of like letting you piece it together yourself you kind of wanted a little more context with it there was parts of me where i thought that they created the character 22 as to be the parts of his life or his soul that that he's trying to get back so we keep seeing 22 as a little bit more on the wild side, a little carefree, mm-hmm. whereas Joe's a little more uptight, a little more strict with mm-hmm. his mannerisms, the way he walks, all that kind of stuff. So I wonder yeah. if they pair those two purposely for him to realize that like the parts of him that that he lost are are within twenty two, and that's what mm-hmm. he needs to strive to like to be more towards to to be happier. Yeah, I think he eventually think- realizes that, you know. Yeah, I'm sure if I had a little bit of marijuana in me, I could probably go even into more deep, more detail about that kind of a theory. But yeah. <laughs> it's just too deep thinking for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely they wanted to um, sort of like express that. Like these are the like seeing his life played out through like 22's eyes is what he was he was missing the entire time, right? Yeah. yeah but i see i feel like if this was a pixar movie made like 10 15 years ago i think we would have seen the ending that you hinted at john i think eventually you would have seen him like reconnect with 22 in some way in the future and part of me like when i when i hear about that i'm like yeah i would have liked some of that closure for him to recognize um you know seeing someone in the future doing something important or doing something big and he recognizes oh that's that's 22 that's what she became like looking back at the movie and especially after watching it twice, like I didn't need that, you know? Yeah. I I don't think the movie had to, I think that would have been like the obvious like choice. I think that's a good point you made. Like a, a previous Pixar movie would have done that, but you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's, yeah, yeah, I don't think it needed it. Mm -hmm. It would have, I'm sure there's a way they would have worked it in and it would have worked perfectly fine. And I don't know if this relates to sort of what we're talking about too, but I know like one big thing to kind of like hint at with this is like, this is one of like the first Pixar movies that like John Lasseter had no, no involvement in after like he left, like he didn't, he's never producing credit or anything on this. Really? So I, I feel like, I feel like that's a big indicator, like moving forward. I think some of the stuff that Pixar is going to do is going to be like more serious and, and kind of dramatic like this. Um, and it might not look like your traditional like kids movie. Yeah, this kind of theme of like taking the the risk of uh, being a little more risque with some of their themes. I think I think the first I noticed it was probably Toy Story three, that furnace scene. Mm-hmm. Like you, you never think you'd see something that dramatic and that like graphic. Mm-hmm. I mean that they didn't burn, but like that's pretty serious scenario. Yeah. Yeah, and you know they're holding hands and they're accept they're accept that they're gonna die. Like that's some heavy stuff to, if you're like a little kid to to take mm. in. And yeah. Ever since then, the themes have gotten a little bit more serious, like you mentioned, mm. Matt. And I, I agree with you. If they had gone with the the theory of of, uh, of Joe dying like, and, and not coming back, uh, this movie has too much emotional depth into it already. That I think that would just be overkill, and it would just make people not um 
more more upset than than they need mm-hmm. to be. Like yeah. you look at the movies where the the boy gets a puppy and the whole movie is them bonding and falling in love and the dog dies and that's really emotional. So that's where like mm-hmm. the impact is is good because it show because of of how that love connection built throughout the entire thing and then it then it went away and then it just shows how much more that it was needed mm-hmm. with, with this he dies in the beginning so like what's what's more emotional than, than death you know what can you do yeah were you quoting my dog skip there dave or no uh, the go-to movie you were thinking the, of the trailer for the new clifford the big red dog live action <laughs> yeah i'll call did, did, did you see did you see that it looks horrible. I haven't. No, is there a new trailer that came out for it? Oh, no, no, I was making that about the trailer, but there is a there's a uh, picture. There's a there's like a there's a teaser a too. Look. It's like it's literally nothing. But there's picture. Yeah. It's, it's just a big red it's a big like it's it's a big golden retriever with like a red chroma key on it. Who's playing Clifford? I think um God, what the hell's his name? I think it's Jeremy Renner's. Is it really? I think so. Oh, I thought no, David no. Allen Greer, but it says he's playing someone else here. No, it's not. I don't even think anyone's. Maybe no one's. Playing. I don't think he's. Gonna, I don't think he's going to talk. I don't know. No. If they, I guess it's not going to be like the cartoon. Okay. Arthur live action. <sighs> We're going off the rails here, guys. <laughs> Arthur was the greatest PBS show ever. Caillou just Death got canceled, Wars? I think I read. I heard about that. Did you guys read that? <laughs> I think I did see it. Yeah. Weird shows on that channel sometimes. But yes, Arthur was good. <laughs> How do you get from Soul to Arthur? <laughs> I yeah. I, I mean, I feel like we've talked a lot about Soul. I'm trying to think of uh, any like final thoughts anyone has on this movie or any... Is this a... Uh... Is this something you? I, is this th- something you guys think definitely would have benefited from like a theater, like experience? I think it would. Uh, yeah, I, I think a lot. I mean, again, I think most of these movies, even something like Wonder Woman eighty four, like we talked about last week, like I didn't like that movie, but I I think it would have been cooler seeing it in a theater. Yeah, yeah. This I one think has... there's probably definitely some moments that would have uh, lent mm-hmm. themselves well to yeah. big screen. My my thing is like it's such a different experience watching a movie in a theater than like on your couch. Cause when or I'm on my couch, like yeah. I'm just so much more comfortable. Like I'll, I'll get up, I'll get something to eat. I'll be distracted on my phone. Like when I'm in a theater, like you're just kind of like glued to everything. I find myself like falling asleep easier watching mm-hmm. movies like at home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we talked obviously wonder woman 84, but like I was just so distracted watching that movie. And it, it wasn't a super exciting movie, you know? And and that's the thing. Like, when the, the movie doesn't grab your attention for that slight second, mm-hmm. you you look towards your phone, uh, going to the bathroom. Uh, yeah. You're just nodding off and going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, but, I agree. I agree, John. This that movie definitely needs some Dolby. But... Yeah, I mean, what like, I, just sound and stuff would have been cool, I'm sure. What I will say with this movie was like I was pretty glued to it, like while I was watching it, even just like sitting on a couch watching it. You know, I was too. And I, like I mentioned with Wonder Woman 1984, I it was a double feature for when I watched this because it was Christmas. Both this and Wonder Woman 1984 came out, mm-hmm. so it was a double feature, and I had COVID during it, so 
Yeah. I had to watch both of them twice just because the first viewing was a uh, highly medicated, to say the least. <laughs> well, if anyone hasn't seen Wonder Woman yet, you got three days to watch it. So, at the time it's recording, yeah, yeah, you're probably That's, better yeah. off benefiting by checking out our review of Wonder Woman 1984, season mm-hmm. three, episode two, on post credit bruise. Yeah, check it out Where, wherever you get your podcast. Mm-hmm. So. So again, I mean, to close out with Soul, like I just, I think, you know, like we talked about, the animation was great. And um, I, I think my favorite part of this movie, again, was the music. And I think Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and, and John Batiste too, like he, he did a really good job. But I feel like those, those two, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, um, just looking at like the previous scores they've done, like they do a lot of David Fincher stuff. So, um, you know, the social network, I think they did the score for Gone Girl too. Uh, they did the score for Watchmen. So like they've just they've done a lot of cool things recently and I felt like their score here was probably one of my favorites, at least do since you think, the uh, network. Do you think this is gonna be the show in to win the Oscar for score? I would think. I mean, I think this is such a weird year for the Oscars though. Like I don't really know right. what to expect with, with what's getting nominated and stuff. And I feel like a lot of times there always is like that one snub in a category like score. So but we'll we'll see. I mean I it was my favorite score in a movie I saw this year, and I really didn't see too many movies though. So, I think it would be a show in for best animation. Yeah, definitely. This, mm-hmm. honestly, I think it's really just a contest between this and Onward. For yeah, yeah, I, I don't really know what else yeah. is competing against it. There's like three... maybe Wonder Woman 1984 just for that final battle scene, maybe, but I don't know. Ew, no, David. For Cheetah, yeah. <laughs> just for Cheetah, I, yeah. Yeah, I think this. I mean, I don't know if this is getting a Best Picture nomination, but I think Best Original Score is probably like a good bet. I might put it for Best Animation. Mm-hmm. But, I, honestly, lo- looking at the animated movies this year, it's, it's definitely this is a shoe in. Uh, some people like that second Cruise movie. I've seen some award circuits mentioning that, but I think everything pretty much points to Soul. Mm-hmm. But man, no, I, I agree with you with. The music that's the the standout for me is my final take from it mm-hmm. you know for as serious as the theme and the story that this movie tells i thought that the music overall brought a nice sense of calm throughout it like mm-hmm. the all the stressful moments of thinking like this guy's dead and mm-hmm. you know where's where's his soul like the music i think brings it down and keeps you common level throughout it too which yeah. i think from that that stressful element of the whole theme of the movie and then that music i i think it bounces each other out very well mingling in a seductive pas de deux. i i thought this is probably one of their their better animated films mm. aside from my criticism criticism of the the soul counter and those those sketch arts but yeah you know, that's just a small detail I just didn't like. I mean, I feel like if that's your biggest, like, critique of the movie, like, the movie was pretty good, you know? Yeah. I, I so. put this up there, like, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but, John, you put this in the top ten on the Pixar ranking list, and I think that's a fair spot to put it. Yeah. And I first heard about this, and they stole the trailer for it. I was a little worried that it was going to be a, a copy of Inside Out. And just from watching it to the it, they're they're further from from the same thing, so it was it was nice that that uh, skepticism was just taken out for me. See it play out, yeah. But I thought the act the acting was great, the story was great, 
everything just seemed to work and I had just, yeah, there's not much I could really say critically about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I think it's a Pixar movie. It's only going to benefit, you know, from more rewatches. Um, I'll kind of get into why I ranked it where, you know, in a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just overall really strong, just a strong like movie, not even just animated movie in general, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the thing when you go into the Pixar movies, they, they never seem to disappoint. Like I never looked at a movie and said like, it was bad unless it was just a sequel like Cars Three or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, Car- it just which it wasn't bad, which is which is like poor, you know. Yeah, I mean, Car- Cars Two definitely like was like a, like a pinnacle. Like they definitely seeing those cars explode on the screen was definitely a mark. I don't think Pixar will meet again. Like in just in terms of you know <laughs> strong visuals, <laughs> right? And the, how good they were was. willing to get that movie. There's not Fire many the like the... spy. Yeah, there's not many of the sequels within the Pixar universe that actually like worked and built on onto one another, like uh, the Toy Story. But that's just in its own category. Mm-hmm. Like Incredibles two was is it was good, but it was kind of forgettable at the same time. Yeah, I, I think a lot of these sequels that they're doing, it's just like they're they're good, but yeah, like you're right. Like I don't think anything like like sticks out as much as like something like Inside Out or this. To put it like in short, like I. And, and again, I think you can kind of take or leave some of the sequels, but I think the only bad movie they've made is Cars 2. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. thinking that. I think that's the only bad movie they've made. Yeah. yeah. And that's a pretty good track record if, if, like, that's, like, a, a consensus, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's, they're all original, too. Like, a lot of their concepts are just, like, original stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is why I, I, I get so excited for the Pixar movies because everything that comes out is so different from one another. Yeah. And I don't... I don't know. Are we? We're getting a lot of not sequels, but like follow-up shows on Disney Plus. But I think their next three movies, which we'll talk about in a little bit, I think one you can kind of argue is a spinoff, but mm-hmm. I think they're all kind of they're all original. So, and I think that's a good point, John. Because I think one of the things that they talked about, or I, I saw one. I don't. It wasn't even like an interview. It was just something on like Instagram where I guess like somebody had asked them like, "What's." Like why is Pixar continued to do all these sequels and they're like, they're, they're like profitable, you know, essentially like they're, they're bringing in money for the studio. So I think at least from what Disney plus is doing, it sounds like they're like, even if they're not doing a full sequel for a movie, they're like leaning more toward, we're going to do a show for this, this like product. And then we're going to try and do like more like original movie content. If that makes any sense, you know, that's what yeah. I'd prefer. That's I think, yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, drives and I, up I think, revenues for them and Disney Plus, and I think it's evident. Like they're doing like an up show, they're doing like a car show, but then you also have like their next two movies. I think are like completely original, right? Completely, yeah. Holy, yeah. Again, I said we'll get into that third one, but yeah, those other two were. Mm-hmm. Was there a a, a, sh- a short for this one for Soul? There, there was. was, but it's like it doesn't play before. You have to get like watch it separately watch. on Disney. Plus. Okay, yeah, that's, that's how I was thinking. Did you watch it, John? It's called Burrow. It's but it's I good. Watched it. Yeah, it's 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 good. It's like it's all hand drawn animation. Like it's not oh, that's computer. Cool. Yeah, day and um, night. Day and night's still the best one. Day and, wait, I is that the one right before Toy Story three? Yeah, it was the 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 day cloud and the night cloud. Right. Yeah, that that one's cool. Yeah, I like for the birds. 
Mm-hmm. They don't. Jerry's game's good. Oh, the too. one of the Incredibles yeah. too was 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 up there as the best too with the. Yeah. Oh yeah, with the dumplings. With the dumplings, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting too because I don't think the shorts stick out as much as they used to. But like, so, yeah, some of them are still pretty good, like Bow and and all that. They did one. For, I think the one before Finding Dory Piper. That one mm-hmm. was good. That one was Which like one really is, realistic. Is that the one that with was the, like, like seagulls or something? Yeah, yeah, it's like the bird on the beach, and it kept running back. It soul was just, yeah, we all seem to like it. Yeah, um, I don't know about you guys. I think I could use a beer refill. Got to run to the fridge and grab one. So I think this is a good time to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're gonna we can have a really cool discussion about John Dargle that he wrote, where he added in soul to the our Pixar ranking. We could talk about. If it's if it's a fair spot, we're gonna talk about Pixar as a whole, mm-hmm. how Soul compares to some of the other films, um, and where the the Pixar movies are going, what's going down the pipeline for Pixar, mm-hmm. and just go from there. And it's just some open form discussion. It's probably what we're best at. Sounds like a so, plan. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm gonna go grab a quick beer. Um, mm-hmm. I recommend you guys do too, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, guys, so let's talk about the two robbers, Craft Hard Seltzer, Pineapple, and Ginger. That's a weird combination, but it actually kind of works. It does work. It, it tastes like pineapple juice. And, like, yeah. I'm not a big fan of pineapple juice, but this is good. I'm not a big fan of pineapple in general, but, like, yeah. it, it, it feels like a hint of it. It doesn't, like, it's not mm-hmm. oversaturated with it, you know? I definitely feel like when I first opened it up, I got a lot more pine, like, the first like sip I took, I was like, oh, like it kind of just mm-hmm. tasted like pineapple juice. It was good, and then I, I feel like as it went along, it was more of the ginger. But I, I think it does it does work. I think if I had like a couple more of these, I think I'd get to like it a little bit more. See, uh, I, I still thought get, it was good. I don't get a lot of ginger in this. I I get most of the pine. I feel like the pineapple overpowers the ginger. I tasted more ginger in the pumpkin beers that we that we tasted a couple months mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, I don't. I I was getting a lot of ginger. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. More but, than pineapple. I thought it, it paired well, though. I thought the two flavors pair well. I liked this. And I feel like you don't see too many, like, craft hard seltzers around. No. Too much. You know, you see, like, the the Trulies and the, you know, White Claws, things like that. But, I mean, seltzers are super trendy now. So Zero sugar, zero sweetener, weighing in at 5.2% alcohol. I mean, it's very, very light. Mm-hmm. What's this say on here? Be not hospi- hospitable to strangers, lest they be robbers in disguise. It seems like there's some kind of story behind why this is called Two Robbers, but I can't put my finger on it. But the artwork yeah. is very, very cool. You know what I think, John? I liked what you said in the opening that this is kind of very fitting for soul. It's got the nice different shades of blue. I think you can definitely say uh, you can definitely say all these people have their own respective sparks, right? right? Some artists, yeah. something like basketball. Mm. You got a band up top there on the top floor. Yeah, um, you know the first thing that came to mind when I saw it, saw this was you remember those old like doll houses that like that open up and it shows all the oh yeah the, mm-hmm. different in each room. That's what it reminds me of with like the old school ones. Like if Tim Byrne designed a uh, 
a dollhouse. I think this is what it would look like. Yeah. What is the matter with you? This is cool, though. I don't know. Like, we go into the beer sometimes, but I feel like a lot of times we, like, discuss just the design and the artwork. And, I mean, again, like, this is really cool on here. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize the amount of detail that went into this. Yeah, you There's don't really. Like, sometimes you don't really appreciate yeah. appreciate the hard work that goes into the design of the cans, and I think that's the thing about it. Like it, like it caught our eye when we grabbed it. You know, mm. yeah. That's the I, thing with I these craft beers, it's half half the battle is get, getting you to try it. And if mm. it was just a bland can, like you have no idea what's inside. Mm-hmm. It's somewhat inviting, but it, it intrigues you at the same time. And I, I think this is a good intro into some of the you know moving forward if we want to do more like craft craft hard seltzers you know i think two robbers is going to be a place where we're kind of like look toward to see if they have anything else that we could use for the show and i think definitely the fact that there's no sugar in this is like important to know because that's i think that's maybe part of it too is like you're probably very conditioned to want like you know sweet or something when you're pineapple but it's got a little bit of that different taste without the sugar but um yeah i think it's good it's, it still works really well and i was reading on the can too it's also gluten-free and i think it's kind of worth noting too no sugar, gluten free. Yeah, it's. Ba- I mean, that's what people look for in these. Like, I mean, I think that's why people don't get the beers and stuff. Like, they want to go for the seltzers because they don't want the sugar, they don't want the gluten, all that stuff. You know. So I think this is always a good substitute. Um, yeah. I know you've talked about that, Dave. Sometimes wanting to switch to drinking more seltzers than beer, right? I've thought about. It. I'm getting too fat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm serious. I didn't mean to call you out there. Dave. No. No, I, 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 I welcome body shaming. Like, if I, if I look bad, you got to tell me. <laughs> I'll never do it to you, but like, if I look bad, I want you to tell me I look bad. Oh, okay. You like the constructive criticism? Because <laughs> now, because now, now I feel like I need to go to the gym now. I need yeah. that motivation. Mm-hmm. You know what though? Because, you know, I, I told you I lost like a good 17, 18 pounds from, from COVID, and. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to gain it back now, so I need to need to get back into shape. Find it, yeah. That was scary. How much that was scary? How much weight I lost during COVID? Yeah, is, is that common? Like, does that happen to a lot of people? Or, well, if you don't eat for like two weeks and you just lay around, yeah, I mean, yeah. But on a brighter topic, so we have a grading scale here at Postgraduate Brews. We rate mm-hmm. our beers on a scale of one to five, with a five being like really, really good. Like this was awesome. Mm-hmm. And a one is uh, kind of tastes like dishwater. Nothing, nothing. I don't like that. It's not good. Yeah. So, where would you guys rank the uh, two robbers, Craft Hard Seltzer, uh, Pineapple, and Ginger? So, I am going to give this a three and a half. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. Four, okay, good. Yeah, good. I, I think I'm going to go three, but I definitely would want to try this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm open to trying this one again because I definitely think it could grow on me. Yeah. Again, I'm I'm not I'm not a big pineapple fan, so I think that's kind of where like half the points taking it down from like a four to a three and a half for me. But overall, I mean, I thought it was good, and and like I said, I mean, I think that's a great draw. I think that's a great point you bring up, John, with like saying like there's no sugar, it's gluten free, because I think that's a really big selling point for a lot of people in wanting to drink this. Yeah, and the fact that we were able to get this at a store where you can make your own six pack just tells you how mm-hmm. it, it's. It, it goes beyond Philadelphia, but it's based in Philadelphia, which is why we chose it. Yeah. Just our normal PSA. Don't drink and drive. It ain't worth it. Be safe. It's not safe. Yeah. You should be socially distant. Mm-hmm. Kick back and uh, grab a two robbers and just have a good time with it. 
Welcome back to Postgraduate Brews with Matt, Dave, and John. Um, again, talking about Soul. Um, and kind of, you know, we're going to kind of talk about where we would rank this movie. Pixar has 23 movies total, with their first being Toy Story that came out in 1995. And, you know, we did do in our Onward episode from March, we did go break down this list piece by piece. So you can definitely check that out for your interests. Um, Onward's included in there, but Soul hadn't come out then. So Soul is not. But kind of, you know, we're going to get into today where we would kind of put Soul in our respective lists. So for me, out of the 23 movies, I was able to rank it at number 10. Um, it comes in right above Toy Story 4, which I had at 12, and Coco at 11. Definitely, it was kind of tough. I like Coco a lot, so it was kind of hard putting this, but I, I think I would put this a little bit above it. Um, and the movies that, you know, follow right after it, um, number nine, I had Wally, number eight, Up, seven, Inside Out, six, Monsters, Inc., five, the original Toy Story, four, The Incredibles 2, three, Toy Story 3, two, Finding Nemo, and then one, Toy Story 2, which is, in my opinion, is my favorite. It's also, you know, my best, uh, in my opinion. Um, I really don't think, you know, I was kind of really thinking about where I would put this in the list, and I don't think I could put Soul above any of those movies, but I definitely think it's worthy to be discussed in there. Uh, so, you know, where, I mean, where do you guys see it in your own, uh, you know, lists? It's in my top 10. I don't know exactly like where I think it's on the lower end of the top 10, but it's, it's definitely in there at some point. I don't have like a full like ranking of all my favorites outside of like my top like five, but uh, I would definitely put it in, in top 10, like you said, like lower end, but it's there. I I think 10 is a good spot for it. Yeah. When you release the article, which you can check out on postgoodabrews.blogspot.com. I texted you right away and I said, I, I thought that was a perfect spot for it. At right at 10 mm-hmm. but for for my ranking i i kind of put this almost identical to where inside out is i kind of put these two movies together just based on the the story and the characters and just the overall serious tone of the movie so i think i had inside out in like like five i think i might put that mm-hmm. as a tie with five at with inside out mm-hmm. inside out i mean these I, I feel like inside out and this are just so like similar I know Inside Out's okay. definitely in like my top ten, and that's why I said I was a little worried when I heard about Soul that it was just going to be a repeat of it. I honestly, mm-hmm. I honestly thought it was a sequel to Inside Out, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> like when I, when I first heard about it. From now they'll say it. Yeah, it's a good sister film to that. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think for sure. But no, I, I think it's a good article, John. I think you know to note, like I'm sure as more of these movies come out, John's going to be updating that article with kind of where he each new movie lands on there. And what's cool about it is that you go into a nice brief detail about, about why you put it there. So it, it's very well done. I, I, I've always applauded you for doing it, but it's, mm-hmm. you do a tremendous job with it. Yeah. So if you ever questioned why John put good dinosaur at three, just go to the article and read why it's there. So yeah. are you sure? But um, <laughs> I, I guess that's a good transition. As you see, you said, we'll be updating this article and probably, you know, other lists that we do in the future too. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, some movies that we'll be seeing on there soon, we can kind of get into a little bit now. Um, yeah. Talk about our, you know, excitement for those. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think the first one that's coming up this year is supposed to hit theaters for now um, in June um, is Luca, mm-hmm. which is, you know, set in Italy. Um, we don't know a ton about it. Uh, it's about like two boys. I've heard a lot of different thing I, I think we're probably going to get a trailer for it fairly soon i think the director came out and said something about that i know an image 
for the movie was released the other day, and that's usually a pretty good indicator that some kind of promotional material is going to start coming out. We're getting um, some, yeah. I think kind of the basic that I've seen, I don't. It's about like two like best friends, two like boys, and I don't know if it's both of them or just one of them. But one of them is apparently like a like a sea monster. It'd be kind of interesting to see how they spin that. Okay, but uh, it definitely looks like a kind of in the same vein like as Coco, but obviously set in Italy. In Italy. I think the director is like Enrico Casarosa. Mm-hmm. He directed one of the shorts. I think it was called La Luna. I don't really remember that one. Yeah, I think it was before um, I think Cars might, Two. I think I was just saying, I think it was a Cars Two short. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of remember like the style of it, but I don't remember what. Yeah, it was really about. I, I think it was the one he's in like a boat and he's catching stars or something. I think. Okay. It was. I, lo- yeah. I think I mean star. So. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. But we haven't. We don't know like a voice cast for this or mm-hmm. anything like that. So. Again, I think we're probably going to get more and more. I imagine probably within a month we'll see a trailer. Yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of like it sometimes with these movies when they don't get like the big, like A list stars. When they get more of like yeah. the lesser known, like voice actors, things like that. Um, and I could see I that with this com- movie, but yeah, I, I, and I think Coco is kind of a good indicator of that. Like Coco didn't have a ton. I mean, Gail Garcia Bernal was in yeah. there. I think Edward James yeah. Almost was in it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. They don't go out and get a big child star, so I doubt they're going to do that here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they get yeah. the best people for the movie, and I'm sure that's what they'll do. I'm sure they'll definitely mm-hmm. get a lot of Italian, uh, you know, yeah. actors to be in this. I think with the when Pixar goes on location, whether it be like Coco or Ratatouille, I feel I think they take the training wheels off with it and have a lot more fun with mm-hmm. with what they're doing. So I'm kind of curious to see what they do with Luca. Yeah, and I think they, they me, definitely do their homework. Oh yeah. yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't they like go and record like on location for these type for these ones? I don't. I'm not sure about that. I, I don't know. If very well see them doing it. I'm sure they definitely visit though. I'm sure they definitely like the artists and stuff. Probably go and like see what the place. I know is they definitely like. do. So they do their research and everything. Mm-hmm. Like I remember watching uh, a behind the scenes thing for Coco, and they brought in like one of the, the best like Spanish guitarists to like teach him how to play the music and like get like the real genuine sounds yeah and everything for to do it. some of the work so they definitely like, yeah. when, they, when they commit they do commit so i i think and that's where it shines when they go on location to a specific place mm-hmm. but like luke is gonna be in italy whether yeah like i said coco and ratatouille are all in specific spots so mm-hmm. it's something to look forward to i think in that regard yeah see how it plays out and then what, what's their next movie after that, John? So their next one is um, Turning Red. Okay. Which I believe, I know it's the director of Bao. I believe her name is Domi Shi. Okay. Um, she won an Academy Award for Bao. So I guess mm-hmm. fitting they would give her a movie. There's like one promotional image out for, they announced it at the Investor Day. I think it, this comes out March 2022. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a teenage girl. It's like 13 years old, and I guess it's whenever she gets too excited, emotional, whatever, uh, she turns into like a red panda. Mm-hmm. So a little bit outlandish, but I'm sure there's obviously a lot more to this. Um, and you know, I'm sure there's a lot to it that we won't even know until we see the movie. Mm-hmm. So I think this could be one of those ones where when we review it, we're gonna be like, like, wow, I was not expecting it to be like like this. Yeah, just based on what we're hearing about it, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. 
That's interesting. I mean, I, I think that concept definitely, yeah, like when you hear about it, you're just like, really? And then, yeah, you're right, Dave. Like once you see it, you're like, it's played out really well. <laughs> Pixar's yeah. take on Big Mouth, I guess. Uh, you think this panda's <laughs> like a, a hormone monster for them? Or? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if Pixar's ready to do that yet. <laughs> Might be. Yeah. And then, of course, we, we talked about it in our Disney Adventures episodes, but there is a Buzz Lightyear prequel in the works, right, John? Yeah, so I think they're June 2022. So these are the three. Pixar probably has dates, like in 2024, 2025, and probably no one outside of the studio knows what those movies are or outside of Disney. But yeah, Lightyear is the third final one they announced, uh, Mm -hmm. June 2022. Um, Chris Evans is going to be playing him. Um, And basically what they have come out and said about this movie is that it's not like the toy Buzz Lightyear. It's who they base like the toy on. So I guess it's, you know, you go and get an Indiana Jones action figure and it's who that, like, I I don't, I think they said this is like a movie star type character. It's who like the Buzz Lightyear toy is based on. So they always envisioned that toy as based off like a big movie action star. And they said this movie is going to tell the story of that action star. So I don't know it... if he's supposed to be an astronaut or like a okay. movie star. I, don't... I think the way I kind of see it in my head is it's probably someone that starts out as like an astronaut and then he mm-hmm. becomes this big famous person. I... Chris Evans, like I said, is playing him and I know he came out right away and he said, because everyone was worse, Tim Allen, why is it not Tim Allen? Mm-hmm. And he basically said, I wouldn't have taken this movie. He said like Buzz Lightyear's Tim Allen's character. I wouldn't have you know, taken this if it was going to be disrespectful um he said he had apparently he you know right away he wanted to work with pixar and then when he saw the script he said he knew it was like something he had to be a part of so yeah and i think that's a significant clarification that they did and i'm glad they did it right away because Mm -hmm. had they made it like uh didn't like reveal that right away i i think the the mob at the u.s capitol would have looked like a peaceful protest when the protests we're going to go to Pixar headquarters about that. Tim Allen getting replaced. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, shit would have went down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that is good. I mean, it sounds really interesting. Again, I, I think this kind of goes um, goes with maybe like one of their more like serious movies, kind of to see how it plays out and what happens. Because again, I, I don't think we get too many of these Pixar movies where they're just normal people, you know? Yeah just like regular humans outside of like the Incredibles. They had like the first look concept picture of him and he looked pretty cool just from the, the one photo. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Photo. Like, I don't, I don't know if he's like a test pilot or if he's an astronaut, but the, and that, that's kind of how I think I see it in my mind. Like he is like one, like some kind of test pilot or astronaut. And then he becomes this big famous mm-hmm. like name. And I don't, you know, I don't know if Pixar is going to kind of play with that concept or what. But originally, when I heard it, I thought it was going to be them doing a whole movie. I don't know if you guys remember like the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, like cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Initially, that's kind of what I thought it was. I was kind of interested in that actually, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this this could. There's definitely more to this. I think. Almost yeah. see like a reboot of that. And two, that's and two, kind of what I thought. Yeah. Two, I'm most excited about this one out of the three, just because. Obviously, we're all huge Toy Story fans, so it's definitely exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, three, three thoughts. Um, one, I wonder if the success of this would 
make them want to do one for Woody. I was just thinking that same thing, dude. I was thinking it too. <laughs> yeah, like I never thought like, that until we right here. This Je- works Jeff out. Jeff Bridges like, does the voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and Clint Eastwood does I'm... the voice. <laughs> Yeah, but he, but he has to be like the hurry up. the same the same personality as um him and Gran Torino. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be horrible. I'm make that video now. Woody, Woody would get canceled right away. An animation of Woody <laughs> dialogue from Gran Torino. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the trailer based off the based off the character from Gran Torino. <laughs> oh god, it's like him lassoing like his rope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh god. No, but I'm, That's I'm a most, good point. Yeah, I'm most excited about. I'm sorry, John. No, I was gonna say that's a good point to make. Though, is like if if they make this, why would you not do one for Woody, or why would you not do one mm-hmm. for for him? Because I think this is this is kind of like their their cake and eating it too. Because they're not making another Toy Story, but it's also like they kind of are. I mean, we've talked about that in the past, and I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because like Toy Story Four was just so like Woody heavy, you know? Like I felt like it was that's so. True. Um, that's Woody's movie for focused sure. Focused on him, and I felt like you got like maybe like five minutes of buzz in the entire movie. So I don't know. Maybe this is kind of them like compensating for that. But yeah, Toy Story Four was they. It was the closure of Woody's story, and if they made Toy Story Five, you ain't gonna see him in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim oh. Allen's gonna be somewhere in this movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, even yeah. even if it's just like him, like like if it's like a quick thirty seconds, like in the beginning of the end, where it's like a kid holding a toy, and then he goes like, yeah. "Let me tell you this story." Or it's or if, if this guy dies at the yeah. end of the movie, and it and then like, it shows like what happens, mm-hmm. like he's on TV, they make a toy out of him, like what I, happens. he'll definitely be in it. He'll be involved somehow. Or even maybe they just show like them like creating the toy and like him in like the sound booth. They do like the voice a actor doing the right yeah. a live action cameo. <laughs> And the the one thing I'm really excited about with this movie, just because it's Pixar, how they're gonna do with animating space and the visuals for that. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the few times I'm actually excited that Disney is related to Star Wars. I think they're gonna do a lot of um, they're gonna base a lot of like the scenery off of Star Wars imagery. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think that's gonna be really really cool. Like just some of like the space shots and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess the closest we've got yeah. to that is Wally, but I, I think this is going to be a very this is probably going to be a different. Um, I mean, you can watch Wally now and it still holds up, so mm-hmm. I don't think they would just do the same thing again. It's going to probably think cre- different. I think this is going to be their Lantern. most like normal movie. <laughs> you know, like I don't know what to expect from this movie at all, but it, it sounds like it's going to be, right. yeah. But I think. We're probably getting all these movies before we even get whatever the next Avatar movie is. So, right. The amount of times that movie's probably. been delayed. Yeah, that's just interesting because he was he, he like didn't he like commit to like five movies? Yeah, I mean he I I think he's filmed all. I could be wrong, but I think he's like filmed all of them. It's just they're working on the visual effects for him, which obviously those are so like visual effects heavy. But it's crazy to think that we we're supposed to get Avatar two in like 2015. I'm pretty sure. I and still think that's still one of the and delayed. That came, it, that came out with 2010. Like 2009. 2009. Yeah. I mm-hmm. still think that's still one of the most visually stunning movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It was cool. It, it was it was very cool to see. But what were you saying, John? 
Isn't it like set like underwater or something like that, or like a I, lot of it's underwater? I think a lot of scenes are like pretty underwater. I've seen like a lot of like shots of like the cast and like the water and and stuff like that. So I think that plays a big part in it. I can't imagine that's easy to do. Yeah, I was, I'm just laughing, man. Remember we saw that in theaters on like a Sunday afternoon, and like there was almost a fight in the line <laughs> to get into the movie. Yeah, there. I mean, we were very close to the front too, and <laughs> yeah. somebody went in front of i guess i think they were with the group they went in front of somebody at the front of the line and um the guy behind us just like yells out that's a bunch of crap it's a big theater you're gonna get a seat man (laughs) you know i think the last time i waited in line for a movie was the amazing spider-man look how that look how that turned out yeah yeah have you guys ever like camped out for a movie or like tickets or anything. Well, I mean, Spider-Man the, Three. The, yeah, we, we 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 bought them when we saw Disturbia, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, week before. I mean, it, it was smart back then. I'm gonna say because I think if we yeah. went on a Friday night to try to get tickets, we wouldn't have been able to. Right. So well, now you can just look on the app and see like the seats are packed. Yeah. Do I gotta get my ticket or? Mm-hmm. Like recently, so before the pandemic, I always like we we would go onto the the kiosk right there, which I think is better than the, than the ticket stands, honestly. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you when you like you when you're with a group of three and there's two seats, but you're like fuck. So like it's cool that you yeah. can like look on the on the apps now. Mm-hmm. See what's going on. Yeah, we miss movies, guys. So we want to go back. Do you guys like when like they're open? We are you guys gonna be like comfortable going back? It, it, I think once I get the vaccine, once I get the vaccine, I think all bets are off. Like, I'm going. I'm going back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think once stuff. You know, once stuff like opens up again and more people are like comfortable and stuff like that, I feel like I'll feel more more comfortable going back. But I, I feel like I that's don't like really one know. Of the... Like, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't really know what I want to see. Like, is there like one movie? Like, some stuff I'd like to see on that HBO Max slate, but like nothing. Like, yeah, Godzilla versus Kong would be cool to see. But, that would like, be I'm cool. Not gonna... Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Like, it in two... like, I gotta know what the situation is gonna be like in two months. So I don't know. Like Dune's one that I definitely want to see in theaters, and I think maybe by like October, December, I'd be over. I'd definitely be fine going back. But and I, don't I know. think theaters are are there. I think movie companies are also hesitant to commit to release dates. Just look at Black Widow and look at a well, a Godzilla like not, the delays and stuff like that 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 it, it endured. So yeah, I I saw that this just broke as we we're recording, but they delayed uh, Bond again. No time did to die. They? That is blasphemous. Yeah, I, let me. Uh, will now hit theaters October eighth, twenty twenty one, from April second. That's crazy. It's like a year and a half after it's supposed to come out. But you <laughs> see, see, that might be on the cusp of like going back to seeing it in a theater, though. August. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. October is a little more mm-hmm. realistic. I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think within the next week to two weeks, I think we're going to know what Disney's doing. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think like February to April is going to really tell a lot about how far beyond this pandemic we're going to be. Yeah, see where we're going from from here. So what else do we get? I mean, I think that's I feel, feel like we covered everything we wanted to kind of talk about, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, we, we did a in-depth discussion of soul and mm-hmm. We gave it a good power ranking in, in 
to our Pixar hierarchy. And it's always fun to talk about Pixar. I mean, I remember when we all went to Disney. God, what was that? Like close to 10 years? Is that close? Yeah. To, it's eight, or it's, eight, it's eight, 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 nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we saw that the Pixar museum there that was at Disney. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to yeah. one day just go to Pixar and, and just like see how it's all, how it all operates. Mm-hmm. I'd love to get someone from Pixar to come onto the show and talk with us just to just have a, a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. Yeah. See what they have to say. You know, I'd like to, I mean, like to get one of the interns to uh, DM them for us. Yeah. What were you saying, John? No, I was going to say, I mean, now they have a whole Toy Story like land. Yeah. Yeah. You've been there, haven't you, John? Yeah. I mean, you can't really do anything in there because it's so packed. And, yeah. you know, if now like Fast Pass is the big thing now, like it's Fast Pass on an app. So, if you want to ride that slinky dog dash or whatever it's called, you have to uh, reserve your ticket like four months in advance, which Shit. is kind of crazy. I feel like, I feel like that's, I feel like that's not what a vacation's about. Wait, four yeah, months. Yeah, no, like you can get, or more. Like I think if you know when you're going, you can reserve when you want to go on some of these rides and they sell like, you got to pay attention to that app, like on the day of. I think when I was there, we only did one thing in the Toy Story world, and oh, it was the, it was that mania, that Toy Story mania, which I think was like the thing that's like they've they've had there for yeah. a bit. It was still fun, and it's cool to just walk mm-hmm. around there. But yeah, I don't know. Like, and Disney's like that with a lot of their the Avatar one. The line mm-hmm. for the Avatar one was like almost the whole span of Animal Kingdom. That's it would have been cool to do that, but it's you kind of got to know, like, oh, I'm not going to be able to. Reserving four months in advance to go on an amusement ride, <laughs> like, yeah, that's crazy. That's not what a vacation's about. Like, yeah, there's it's so what... much other stuff at Disney. Don't get me wrong. Like, and there's tons of rides that you can get the fast pass for the day of. But like, there was a Snow White roller coaster that would have been cool. But stuff for that it was always. Oh, they were building that, that last time we were there. Relatively new. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I was excited to go on that. But I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, the oh. toy, I mean, the Toy Story ones were, like, the biggest. It's like, if you knew you wanted to go on that at 410, you have to know that so many months in advance and then be there on that day. But I just, it so is really, it is a really cool spot. Yeah, there are just, like, so many other things I feel like you have to plan for a vacation outside of, like, I'm going to go on, like, this goofy roller coaster at, like, 320 on Wednesday. <laughs> right. Wow. It's crazy. That's crazy. You know what? I'm just thinking about this now, and I think the best plans are the ones that we make while we're having a few beers in us. When things get back to normal, and I talk about like really, really back to normal, I think we should all take a trip to Epcot, and we should do a brew tour around the world, do an interview with with some fans at each country about like some of the the Disney and Pixar movies that 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 are out there at the time. Do a couple like interviews and then put it all together and then we then we could do a podcast episode in the hotel room or something like that. We can network. <laughs> the Epcot Brew Tour. I'm some, all for it. Yeah. Some perspectives on uh Cruella, Jungle Cruise. We need to know what they think. It's if we went this year. Honestly, yeah. like like if like if things get better, like light light year in twenty twenty two might might be in that ballpark if we wanted to do it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, 
that's a whole nother conversation though like with all like the big like announcements disney marvel star wars pixar is all made it's like what disney world looks like from them you know right because i feel like disney world just looks like such a more crowded oversaturated place now i don't know if it's disney world or disneyland but they just put that promo out they made like a spider-man ride oh really like tom tom holland like i know was like a part of it like he did a voice but uh Mm-hmm. Like he was like on set, I think like he was like testing the ride out with fans. And yeah, that's looks cool. cool. I think it, it's kind of like you're like kind of you know you have like the web shooter. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of looks like soaring almost like a little bit, except I think it's like a full like you're fully like immersed in like a seat. You're not like free kind, but it's yeah. like you're kind of like swinging around. That's cool. I think I mean, there's going like, to be a whole like Avengers part. To Ave- Avengers World, Park, yeah, like, it was it was like like a shield like a shield thing. I think there, and again, I don't know if it's Disneyland or Disney World, but it's like Avengers headquarters, is what. Yeah, like, that's what it is. They're calling it. Mm-hmm. It's on its way. Uh, just to dream big, I, I would love to go back there one day. Yeah, me too. The whole Star, all the Star Wars stuff is really cool now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have shows. They have the, the whole uh, Galaxy's Edge thing is what it's called. Yeah. I think, and I think they might have just acquired, or they, or were in the works of acquiring star wars when we went last time they had it yeah i mean it was still very i mean it wasn't even like a year yeah, they, they didn't do anything with it for it. at least like a year yet yeah they just had like c3po and r2d2 um, plush toys and all this all the stores that's all they really did at that point yeah yeah well they uh they had that star tours right but they, they'd had that for a while i think that had been that there, yeah I... yeah but this is a good episode though it yeah it's fun it's always exciting talking about Pixar and mm-hmm. all they do. And you, it never disappoints. Yeah. But yeah, check us out on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're always active. Like I said, mm-hmm. this is a good episode, guys. Yes. Yeah, um, if you want us to review anything or if you want us to if you want to come on the show and talk to us, just DM us. We'd be more than happy to get you on. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, this is Post Credit Brews. I'm Dave. I'm Matt. And I'm John. And thanks for listening.